So today's episode is the last one with Lauren at Carb Cutters. Uh, we really enjoyed talking to her and please listen to this part and all of the other parts. Uh, we really hope that you enjoy this episode and subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts and review us, please. We do really appreciate it, especially because we're a new podcast. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. So let's talk about eating out on keto. Mm. Restaurants, around a friend's, friend's house, um, family, for example. Lauren, obviously your mum is keto as well. Mm-hmm. And she's keto-ish. Mom's... She calls herself keto-ish. It's keto when it um, suits her the most. She's <laughs> flexi keto, but yes, she's um, completely sportive, and, and there'll always be keto stuff there. If I'm right, her dog is also keto. Yes, Ted is keto. I think he's lost. Ted is keto six, as well. Six six kilos now. I want to say, but he's actually done so well. well other than his <laughs> weight. He's like a puppy again. Honestly, they cannot believe his energy. And his energy, is that is mad. I've... Yeah, it is. Like we took him to um, took him to Folkestone back in June just for a walk. And he looked so old. He's um, seven, I think he is. But he looked really old and tired. And it was sort of like, oh, this, this looks quite upsetting to see him walking. So that's why um, my parents thought about it for a bit. And he started keto like probably about six weeks ago now. And he's honestly like a puppy. So much energy. His eyes are brighter. His, he, looks, he looks smaller. And he's a big dog anyway. He was like 60 kilos to start with. He's a massive golden retriever. But yeah, if it can work for a dog. But again, he's just eating what a dog should eat. He's eating natural products, natural stuff. So the dog's done better than most people in slip. And that's <laughs> yes. embarrassing. That is the best time How is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dog is winning. He's getting all his um, his fancy like lamb hearts and fancy bits from Dobbies, and yeah, he's enjoying it. So when you fun. go to your mum's for dinner or you go mm. for a lunch or whatever, she, I, I assume, she will just provide keto automatically for you because she knows what you eat. Yeah, completely. Or oh, I just help myself out of her fridge, which I just do there. But she'll always make sure Tell there's, your home yeah, still. pretty much. There's always like um, cold deli meats, cheese there, like tinned fish. There's always, you know, cream, unsweetened soy milk. There's always stuff available. And she knows what I'm like with my measuring scales to measure my stuff out. So there's no judgment there at all when I'm doing anything. Absolutely um, not. And friends as well have been really supportive. I've been around friends' houses for dinner that have, um, like my best friend's fiance he's really good at cooking like Japanese food. So he's done like a ramen, but he got us like the low carb noodles in there and it tasted absolutely amazing. Sort of went out his way to make us feel included, which is really nice. So I'd say all family and friends now and my work as well are fully used to how I eat. So there's no judgment now, but there was at the beginning, I'd say, especially with work, like, you know, the usual, you're eating fat, you're going to die. But you were fine when you were eating 30 donuts last week. But now you're going to be really ill. Now you're eating that bit of bacon. Like when their 30 donuts are in the kitchen and everyone's rushing to the kitchen getting that email and you're not running there and they're <laughs> questioning, well, why? Then, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I've had it at work as well. But like I said, they don't really... 
I mean, they'll offer things around the office. They'll be like, does anyone want this? Does anyone want this? They'll be like, Lauren, you'll probably say no, but I'm going to offer it anyway so you don't feel left out because they know now and there is That's no That's the line I always there. get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think especially when they can see your results with it. Like at the beginning, it's almost like a bit laughing at you, almost like, you know, what you're doing. But I'd say about stoning, it's like, oh, um, tell me a bit more about this. And then another stoning, it's like, tell me what you did. I need to know. So, oh, now you're interested, are you? I see. But yeah, I've had about four colleagues of mine just be like, well, well, what is it? And what do you do? And they started keto and one of them lost so much, so, so much. So it was kind of like, they didn't laugh at it at the beginning, but they didn't really understand what it was. And then I think they were seeing my lunches as well and seeing the food that I was eating. And they were like, oh, so you just do this and you just do that. And then I just saw a lot more of them were kind of bringing in the same foods as I was. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, like one of them just <laughs> lost like, like another... <laughs> Yeah, like another, one of them just lost like two stone and I was just like, see, it was that easy. And it was nice to talk to someone about it as well. Yeah, that's always nice. And I think it's the disbelief seeing what you can eat. I remember yeah. eating strawberries and I think clotted cream as like, you know, part of my lunch one day. And they're like, you can actually eat that and you've lost weight at the same time. Like, yes, yeah. it can happen. It's Especially the cream there. Yeah, they just can't. It's like they can't actually believe it until they've seen the results. Like I have to say, the first time I ever heard about it, um, I heard about it through learning about paleo, which my father-in-law had done, and that's how I sort of learned about it. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, what an idiot. Why would you have to eat bacon? Like, he's going to get so fat. But of course, he didn't, and he lost weight and did well. And I think it's the ignorance to it. Like, you, you refuse to believe it until you do your own research. And I think... You need, to, you need to research it. There's so much to learn and it's so interesting. Even if you just watch The Magic Pill. Exactly. We mentioned that in the last episode as well. And obviously, as soon as you Google keto, the word fat and high fat just scares everyone off. They're just like, well, I couldn't possibly lose weight eating this. I couldn't possibly lose weight eating that. But you don't, don't knock it till you tried it. We've just been so yeah. conditioned. Yeah. So like my other half, he just... Like that picture that I put on my story today where he got a McDonald's burger without the bun and they kept asking me, like it was going to Tesco, he was like, what can I get? What can I get? And I was like, you can have this and you can have that. And I was like, so how did you feel afterwards? Did you feel bloated? Did you feel full up? You know, like what could, could you actually taste what you were eating without the bun not being there? And he was actually quite pleasantly surprised. I mean, he'll probably just go home and have like chips and steak or something. But, but it shows you, doesn't it? At least shows people. Yeah. The, the bun is just, well, McDonald's buns are so pumped with sugar anyway. But without it, you can taste the food more. You can taste it. Like, even with pizza, the good bit is the toppings, not the base. You know, it's just a, a platform. With pizza, there's more base than toppings. So that's probably why it just tastes so bland. Like, it's the same with the burger. The majority of it is a bun, especially a Big Mac. You've got more bun than anything in there, but you take that out and you can actually taste the sauce, you can taste the pickles, you can taste the cheese. You can taste it all. Plus, I'd say keto makes you have a more sensitive palate as well. I think it does definitely change your palate. Like me with spicy foods, like going from korma to vindaloo's, you know, it's a massive change for my palate. Um, and like sweet things now taste more sweet. I think eating strawberries and berries now, whatever, just taste really really sweet to me whereas before that wouldn't have tasted like a, a treat i suppose whereas now it does so when you eat out do you choose your choice of restaurant to 
well, I mean, you obviously wouldn't pick somewhere like Zizi or Pizza Express because no one really wants to eat a salad for dinner. So do you obviously go by like your cuisine? Do you look at a couple of places and look at the menu and see what there is? Yeah, I definitely like to check menus in advance where I can. Um, I'd say the most difficult places to eat are Italian or Chinese. I think there are options, as you say, like you can have a big salad. But a Chinese, like, or a Chinese, you could have, I don't know, your duck or your prawns or whatever. Egg but, young or something. Yeah, but I think because it's not what you really would want, you don't feel it's satisfied. It's not noodles, it's not rice, no, it's, it's not, not sweet sour chicken. Exactly. And, and the problem if I do that, I could go to, say, a Chinese restaurant, eat, you know, a young and stay on plan. I would feel deprived doing that and then I would end up coming home and binging. Whereas if I've had the choice of a restaurant, say like, I don't know, a gastro pub where I can do a deconstructed burger or a steak, I would enjoy the meal as well as being on plan and then I wouldn't binge. So I think obviously restricting, if you're restricting for the wrong reason, just sort of show everyone around you, look, I'm being on plan, I'm making these good choices. There's, you're kind of lying to yourself if you're not enjoying what you're eating. There's no point. You're better to have a little bit of something that you do like. Yeah, because like you said, if you're going to go home and binge, you might as well have just had that chow mein and not sat there with a tasteless egg foo young, when really that's just an omelette and you can make it at home. Exactly, and I think this is where it comes into play of going off plan and things. Like if you'd gone to a party and you really, really wanted a slice of birthday cake, if you're like, no, I'm being good today, not having the birthday cake. But if you had really, really wanted it, I know, and I've done this before, I'd then go home and I'd buy a load of cakes and I'd eat more cake than I would have eaten if I'd eaten the one slice at the party. Exactly. You've actually made the situation worse by not just listening. And say that cake was, I don't know, 30, 40 carbs for the slice, you'll be back in ketosis by the next morning. Don't. But then you go home. Like you just said, you have like hundreds of, and you yeah. eat that exactly. You've hundreds and hundreds, and then you feel sick, and you're not really eating that cake with everyone else. You're eating it for the wrong reasons when you literally just could have had a slice with everyone else, satisfy your craving, and that's that. So exactly. that will really take you yeah. like five days to get back into yeah. exactly. yes, yeah. because your cravings will be higher because you'd have eaten a bigger volume of stuff. And yes, food is fuel, but it also is part of culture and celebrations, and it's you know. Like there are, you know, there was a big part of my journey where I was 100% strict and it worked for me at the time, but I don't think it was doing the best things for my relationship with food. Um, Because at the beginning I had, it's going into one of your other questions, Lauren, I think, but I had a couple of planned off days. Yeah. I'd say within my 11 months of losing my, my weight, I think I had only five planned off days and that was all I had off there was no unplanned binging and having it planned and being something it being something that was worth it like I did Harry Potter afternoon tea which was amazing and I had Christmas day off for example um and that was worth it rather than just oh I've had a bad day I'm gonna get pizza now you know if you're gonna have something off plan in quote marks make it worth it make make sure you really enjoy it and I think, like you said, five times in the 11th month, it is kind of nice to space it out. I mean, I didn't want to have any kind of sugary shit like I did last weekend because I wanted to save that for my birthday. Now, my birthday is only in about two weeks. So when it comes to it, I'm not actually going to feel like, oh, my God, I've done so well. I now deserve this. I'm going to eat the world because after last weekend, I'm probably not going to because I, 
oh god I can't remember the last time I did that probably Christmas and it like I said it reminds me of why I don't eat that way anymore but when you do give yourself those breaks over a long period of time say like even from Christmas to Easter that is a good four months and then you can just have it get it out of the way and then just get straight back on and then maybe not have another one until like a birthday or a barbecue a few months later in the summer if you want like a, a bun or something and then every other occasion you know Halloween loads of sweets are around at that time bonfire night things like that so you do you personally think that it is quite healthy to have these off-plan days and just mini breaks whether it be a day or two yeah I, I think it is and again that has changed a lot my opinion of that has changed a lot with my own journey um I think it's very different for everyone. So for me, if I have an off day, I'm fully prepared mm. that the next day I'm going to struggle. I'm exactly, really it's that struggle. mental prep the next day, yeah. yeah. I know it's coming. My cravings are sky high. I wake up ravenous, like that gnawing hunger, which you don't normally have with keto, obviously. But that's what scares me. It's not the weight I'll gain the next morning for water. It's not, I don't know, it's, it's the cravings. I think that's the big thing for me. I have to really make it worth it to do it. And I say yeah. this to everyone, so it's very individual. If you feel, like I think Zoe, um, Great British Bacon, she has her untracked days. She has bits she's fancied through the week. And I think that's really good. That's really good. She has what she fancies. It's very healthy mindset and she doesn't struggle the next day to get back on. But I am not in a place where I could do that because I would struggle. I would have those bits of sugar and it would, fire off all the signals in my brain I'd be like oh that's so good I want more I want more but she does that really well I know keto sisters does planned off days and that works for them like they're um Vicky always says how different that feels to an unplanned binge and I think everyone's got their different ways of doing it I think it is important to not have the the last supper mindset if you know what I mean so I would always do this. I'd say, this is the last time I'm going to ever eat pizza. This is it from Monday. I'm going to change. And you're telling yourself you're never going to eat it again. And it's unrealistic. because Of course you will. But pizza's always going to exist. If you don't eat it for a month or a year, it's still going to be there. And it's almost taking a bit of pressure off and saying, I can have that again. But when I actually want it, not just for the sake of it. No, definitely. Gia, do you have many off-plan days or because i know when you went away obviously you was just eating what you wanted oh, yeah, i'll do what i wanted on holiday like because it's a completely different environment and it's it's it, you know you don't want to be sticking to like this rigid kind of schedule when you're um when you're away and so you can like you know you do you but if i would feel like i was deprived of myself if i'm like in the sun by the sea like oh yeah and then I'm just eating the salad every single day like the salads are amazing in Cyprus but I can't eat them every day it's not really a carby country is it it's not like you went to Italy and you've got carbs around you all the time I mean is Cyprus really that carby yeah but but remember it was like British ruled for so long so chips are a staple of every single Cypriot dish now I think holidays are a big one. I'll get this from a lot of clients. What should I do on holiday? And I say there's so many options. It's, yeah, of course you can track rigidly and, you know, you may see results. That's great. But 
is that really a good thing if you have felt deprived on the holiday? And like I said, you may come back and then binge because you've been like, oh, I didn't have that while I was there. Um, or like I'm going to centre parks in a couple of weeks and I'm not planning to track. I'm planning to keep it generally low carb. But if there is something I want in a restaurant, I'm going to have it because I'm on holiday. I'm only away for five days. I'm not going to undo two years of work with one or two meals off plan. What I don't want is to say, oh, there's, there's a certain dessert I really want in this restaurant, but I'm not going to have it. And then I'll get home from Centre Park to be like, right, because I didn't have that. Let's go and eat it in secret. Let's get it and eat it at home. I'd rather enjoy it out with my friends and enjoy the moment. Because, yeah, I think eating off plan on holiday is quite a, it's a touchy subject, but there's so many ways to handle it. And as you said, it is you do you. It has to be what works for you as an individual. What I messaged was have a low-carb breakfast, low-carb lunch, and then whatever meal that we were eating out, then I would have what I wanted. And so you're keeping those cravings lowered, but not... That's really good. And yeah. going off, off, the, off the deep end into the sea of carbs. So. And did you feel in control doing that? Oh, I'm definitely much more than I would have done if I was having carbs at every single meal. Because I think it's so easy if, like, if the carbs are what you really enjoy then you stick to those more than you're thinking about your protein and the fat that you're going to eat and you're just going to be hungry and then you're just going to keep having these snacks like all oh, there's ice cream there's cake there's this there's that and then it's just going to be a cycle of getting back into the mindset that you had years ago completely like if you're eating it for if you're eating the carbs for breakfast or lunch you're going to be setting yourself up for a full day of hunger at least if you've kept yourself fueled all day long you're having your last meal with something i'm on holiday i'm going to enjoy that it's a much healthier way to do it. Obviously, when you are in a hot country as well, you don't really be want, want to be walking around hungry with no food in your system because hot weather and no food in your system is probably one of the worst things. Remember, I tried fasting during the summer, like working from home, and I, I just couldn't do it. I generally thought I was going to die. So you obviously do need to be, make sure that you fuel yourself right, regardless of what the food is, really. Well, you also don't want to be super full walking around in a hot well, country. Well, exactly, yeah. No, that's no. like the worst. <laughs> Especially when you're in swimwear. Oh, God. I did want to ask um, you, Lauren, about you do keto like your own way and you don't fast, which I think is really interesting. So, like, you don't fast for, like, extended periods of time. No, not at all. And I know I am in the minority there, which surprised me when I sort of came to learn that. But I think where I've had my own issues with food and with binge eating, fasting is like another restriction to me. I have tried it. I've never done longer than probably 10 hours, I think. And I don't enjoy it. I know I could probably push past and see some benefits. But for me personally, it's a trigger for binging because it's too much of a restriction. I definitely feel that. Like If I restrict for too long... And if I fast for too long and then I'll want more food than if I'd exactly, just kind of, yes. exactly. if I'm hungry, then I'll eat. But if I can fast, if I'm not hungry, then I will push through. And it's not even like a pushing. It's just like, you're not hungry. So you just don't eat. Yeah. You're truly listening to your body. If you're not hungry, like, I'll always encourage, I'll encourage clients to do it if they feel they want to, but I don't encourage it if they're just trying to, speed up weight loss say so what what are the reasons you want to do it because there's more benefits to it than just dropping pounds um but for me personally and for any clients to take on that have had issues with their relationship with food i will really talk through it with them 
um, especially people that have been anorexic, for example, you know, that's a big thing because to them it's very, it's very parallel to that. Of course, we know it's not, you know, you're still taking other nutrients a lot of the time when you're fasting, keeping your electrolytes up. But people that have had those issues, they don't always do it the right way, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. There was points where I was doing like OMAD and uh, Lauren will know this, that I used to message, I'd be like, oh, I'm so bloated. Like I can't, I can't do anything. Or especially with like a more plant-based diet, like you are intaking so many vegetables anyway. So to do OMAD on top of that, it was really difficult. I mean, the one minute Gia was messaging me and the next minute she was asleep <laughs> because she'd literally just be, you know, it would be like, it would just be that uncomfortable, bloated feeling makes you just feel tired and then you just go to sleep, just sleep it off. Yeah, I think even though it's not for me, I still, it doesn't mean I'll discourage clients from anything they want to try. Like egg fasts aren't for me either. I don't enjoy it. But if someone wants to try it, I'll talk, still talk them through it, you know, just because it doesn't work for me doesn't mean it won't work for someone else. Uh, I think it's Exactly, you're really giving them thought. them options still. Exactly, you know what yeah. I mean? If it doesn't work for you, that's fine. But you can still advise someone, you know, you can do it. Like we were saying. Yeah, you can't deny the benefits of it. Yeah. And I would say I can can go for longer. Like now, I don't normally eat my first meal till half 11. And pre-keto, I would have to eat breakfast, you know, as soon as I got to the office, 8 o'clock. Yeah, definitely. So I suppose in a way you can look at it, I have extended a window there because and go for long without food but I just I know when I can feel the hunger setting in and I can listen to my body now no no now I need the food like um I had I don't often have bulletproof coffee because I don't like drinking my calories too much but yesterday I had one and I was like oh I've just thrown you know 300 calories out the window I could have had a load of veg and some cheese and see a lot of clients I have absolutely swear by bulletproof coffee this sets them up for the day energizes them but again that works for them doesn't work for me i'll have them sometimes you know if it, if i'm short on time they do the job but again it's one of those big things in the keto community that when i started i thought we well, have to do that you have to put butter in your coffee to lose weight you have no, you to don't. put collagen <laughs> in it you have to put mct oil in it like I'm, yeah or you're not there are some, yeah i mean one of the top questions when everyone starts is what is bulletproof coffee? Do I have to drink it? And a lot of people think that liquids don't count when liquid calories are probably just as bad oh as food, especially mm. in hot drinks. You don't notice, yeah, you don't notice them. Like I measure my cream every time I make a coffee. And people are like, oh, you're carrying, you know, some people think, oh, you're carrying your scales around. Like my family don't judge, but if I take them to the office, people wonder what I'm doing. But that can be the difference between a hundred odd calories with a bigger pour if you're not looking. And if, that can really, really add up. And that could be the difference between you being in your calorie deficit and being in a surplus. So I do bulletproof coffee like a little bit different if I do have it, is that I only add like MCT oil. I don't yeah, add any other fats. And then yeah. I might actually add like a spoonful of protein powder as well. Because if I'm putting that as my breakfast or as my like drink, then I want it to have meaning in my day. Yeah, that makes more sense because you're making sure you're still getting as many nutrients you can into it rather than just being a fat bomb just to fill you. It's still, you're still getting into nutrients from it. 
Also, I feel sick if I eat that much fat and like nothing else. Yeah, like, that's what's like and, Yeah, yeah. Like I've thrown up a couple of times just from having like way too much, like in a in just a bulletproof coffee. It was awful. Like when I started, because you're you're so like pushed into this mentality of, um, like sixteen eight eighteen six. Oh, mad bulletproof coffee, everything, and like moderate protein because everyone's scared of protein, and then on top of that being conditioned with like low fat for most of your life it's just so difficult to then try and overcome that it's a minefield to get your head around there's so many contradictory things out there especially with the bulletproof coffee because i mean i would say obviously when you're at home and you're eating breakfast on keto it is a lot easier i've learned that when working from home i don't necessarily have breakfast but when i do I know that I can just go into the kitchen, boil a couple of eggs, go back to my laptop, and that could be like a low-carb breakfast for me. But then working in the office, there isn't really many good keto low-carb breakfast options. And I don't necessarily like to eat in the morning. I really can't eat before one o'clock. So when I used to have my bulletproof coffees, like Gia was saying, you need to make sure that it has some sort of meaning to your day. So I would get the... um, just like the little sachets of Kerrygold butter. I remember buying some on eBay. I bought like I remember you sending me a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't yeah. do them anymore because I think oh. one of them was like Anchor and I was like, no, I don't want Anchor, I want Kerrygold. So I had those little sachets, like just the ones that you get in a hotel with like your breakfast. And I used to take those to work with me, leave them in the fridge, have my butter, have my MCT and then have the cream. And that would be my breakfast because some people just can't stomach breakfast in the morning and instead of going hungry you might as well fill that gap with something that is a little bit nutritious especially when you are nine stone like I am you kind of don't really have much fat to go on when you are fasting I find OMADs are so much harder now and just so so much difficult I can't even live on fizzy drinks and coffee because the coffee would just make me feel sick because I just need I don't have the bodily fat anymore to kind of keep me going through a 24 hour and then I'll start shaking and then I'll start getting really dizzy and then I'll start getting headaches regardless of electrolytes or not yeah I mean the bulletproof coffee is it's it's not a gray area with keto but it is very hit and miss it's not necessary like we say they no do... it's not necessary that's a good a good word no, like, like there's, you there's loads of, of this, there is so many calories of it in it and obviously if you're putting the collagen in there I don't know if that contains any calories a little bit. Yeah, but then you know you could put the additional protein and then MCT oil. I sometimes have a fatty hot chocolate. I'll probably have one after this because I won't want to eat. So I'll probably just have a hot chocolate that's quite low in calories. It's about what three point one carbs for a hot chocolate, and I'll have that with coconut milk and water. Coconut milk's got nothing in it, and then I'll just put some MCT oil in it just to fill a gap. But it's more beneficial than having a cup full of cream or something that I don't really want to eat. I think people are just misinformed about that calories kind of like don't matter on keto when calories matter anywhere and it's the quality of calories and you know that you're making good choices regardless of what diet you're on. But if you Google keto, one of the first things that will come up will be bulletproof coffee recipes. So it's understandable why people come in thinking that's what I've got to do. Same as, oh, you have to get your fat macro in. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't have to get your fats in. But if, you, if you're just Googling, it's so easy to see why 
you know why people would think that and that's part of what I do as coaching as well because it takes away from all the all the questions they can just get it from one source like me rather than you know the whole of Google I mean yeah you can Google something and it'll have like 40 different answers anyway and one of them's going to be the one that you wanted so yeah yeah but um, when you check all the different weather apps to find the weather you want (laughs) yes it's not raining today I'll go with that one that's so true I will ignore everything positive until I actually find the answer I want completely ignore everything negative towards it human nature isn't it but imagine applying that to your diet where you know you want something to be okay <laughs> no it's true yeah like when you gonna... track something on your app and you say oh this this glass of wine has come up as no carbs because someone's put it in as that so this wine is no carbs if it's too good to be true it probably is <laughs> yeah a lot of those apps have some like major issues and i know like talked about kind of inputting stuff yourself <laughs> rather than Literally, trusting yeah. whatever is like whoever's put on you know an item oh yeah big thing i say don't trust just scanning it you know if it doesn't match up to what you what you see on the packaging check it and also cooked weight and raw weight as well especially pork belly that loses so much weight during cooking and if you're weighing that wrong you could be like losing out on a lot of calories I was saying about grilling it as well that you use a lot of like it loses a lot of fat as well so talking of foods what is your go-to favorite breakfast favorite breakfast probably very boring probably just standard eggs and bacon because that will always keep me going it's always a good one to go to but this week or this last no probably the last month it's been my curries which you've probably seen for I breakfast loose. Yeah. Sometimes I don't Talking even look at the time on stories. I'm waking up in the morning and I just assume that it was someone's dinner. So to know you actually have yeah, no, it's not my first meal of the day. Wow. It's been been just vindaloo sauce, not add cream in just to make it creamier. And then I'll do loads of chunky veggies with it, like chopped up courgettes and onions. And then um, lately I've been doing like soft boiled eggs or paneer in it. Mm. And that really keeps me going. And I love starting the day with something spicy. And this seems crazy from someone who used to start the day with Pop-Tarts and <laughs> porridge with added marshmallows, believe me. But, but it, yeah, I think breakfast food doesn't have to be a breakfast food. Leftovers are some of my favourite things to eat for breakfast. Because you are literally breaking your fast. It should be a nutrient-filled meal. I am seeing a lot more kind of dinner-based foods as breakfast. Like I'm, I now follow a lot of like carnivore-based people, but... I am seeing a lot of people just having like burger patties or steaks for breakfast. Me personally, I couldn't think of anything worse than having a steak for breakfast. But then again, that is just me. I'd <laughs> that may be a little bit heavy. <laughs> I would rather not eat until one o'clock. And I, I'd, I'd rather have bulletproof coffee than have something hot. If I have something hot, it probably would have to be scrambled egg. I probably couldn't even have the cheese. I probably would just have to have scrambled egg and bacon. I don't know what it is. So when I, I hear mean, curry, I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn. I used to eat, like, note meal all the time. Yeah. I've kind of come back milk. from that because, you know, there's only so many days that you can have it. And so <laughs> yeah. many calories like, right. in it. Especially, yeah. like, it can, it can equal to about 800 just for a bowl. Wow, I've still never had a proper one. When I tried to make one, it tasted like sawdust, so I never tried again. I literally had to trial and trial and then Gia introduced me to hemp seeds and that was just an absolute game changer. 
but a lot of them yeah yeah like a lot of them are kind of samey but yeah they do take about four to six hundred calories depending on what you use yeah yeah i mean if you think 600 calories in an oatmeal but then you could have like six lemon and blueberry blondies for it. I don't know what I'd rather <laughs> <laughs> which I've still not tried by the way I you haven't be the only person not to have tried no I must be the only person okay this has got to be but a plug not, for geotism <laughs> <laughs> genuinely not but I keep seeing them but no I think again because I'm like Lauren you know what I'm like with keto sweets they're another bit of a sticky point for me like if I'm going to have treats in the house it has to be a small amount like, I know when Food Circle did their big boxes of the protein bars that were, you know, all good sweeteners, they were fine. If I had the massive box of 30 bars in the house, I would just plough through them. Whereas if I just bought, like, four bars with my weekly shop, I'd be okay. So I think ordering the right amount of stuff is a big thing for me. See, now, this Again, is where me and you are the complete opposite because man of shit... <laughs> this, this is disgusting, by the way. This is actually disgusting. And I, I don't even it's touch your stash. my actual stash that I barely even touch. Right, and I'll flip it. Oh, here we go. There is literally... They're my key rings, by the way. <laughs> there is oh my, my fulfill bars, my Quest cookies, that I'm not even tempted to touch. And they're at the end of my bed in a box, simply because my dad will moan if they're in the kitchen. My God, if mine stayed in my bedroom. I don't, I don't have any... I don't know, maybe because I don't really like the cookies, but I love the full fill bars and I've got two down in my kitchen as well. I had to grab the mint ones before they went and the peanut butter ones. But yeah, I don't know. It just goes to show how everyone's got a completely different mentality towards foods as well. I mean, I can have thousands of calories at the end of my bed. I've even got these coconut chips that I kind of dig into sometimes. They are really nice. But I can. Yeah, I think it just shows everyone's different relationships mm. with food. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm not even a sweet tooth person. I would always choose savoury over sweet, like crisps over chocolate yeah, any day. But it seems to be with that sort of thing. And even when I used to order, I suppose, from um, the other bakery that we talked about, if I had stuff in the house, I would overeat on it because it tasted like the old food did, I suppose. The bars, I would say, don't, they're not filling, like the fulfill bars. I know they're, they're all having mouthful in them now anyway like all the new the new made ones but i could eat a lot of them and not feel any more full yeah, really yeah. so they but, don't um, fulfill really yeah. in a way do you like shit no <laughs> they don't for a rubbish no but the fact they're changing your ingredients as well is really rubbish oh, so it's only it a couple of flavors left wasn't it yeah that's what i thought it's only a couple of flavors left like the mint and the cookie that didn't have it in but now they're going to have it in. But now they're having it in all of them. Yeah, that's why there was such a scramble to get the dark chocolate ones. And then I saw it on yeah. your story. And then I saw you getting the dark chocolate and the peanut butter ones. And I was like, oh, I've got to get one now. But I... <laughs> <laughs> got to be done. It was the Quest cookies as well used to get me. Do you remember the oh, peanut, the butter, peanut butter ones in microwave? Oh, my God. Oh, yes. With peanut butter on top. Exactly. See, that's the thing. I'd go for a lot of them. They were really good when they were down to a pound on um, Food Circle. See, I bought like, a pound per cookie or I've something. got peanut butter the double chocolate and the chocolate chip all in the, at the end of my bed but i think i probably only had about four of each but they're like 250 ago and yeah they are quite filling mm. but i think the time just needs to be right still feel like do, just one do they yeah. still use yeah. the the corn fiber because oh. there was a major issue with the bars where it was raising people's glucose 
Oh. It'll be like uh, oligo fructose syrup, I think. They've got soluble corn fibre. Yeah, that's it. That's the B. Oh, palm oil cocoa processed with alkali. That doesn't sound good. Cocoa's fine. Like that. This, is, this is the thing. If you, if you stick three net carbs on the front of packaging, people, buy people will buy it. Yeah, it's like, it's like smart really sweets. Yeah. Handful of ingredients. Mm. But... I don't really know what makes it so high in calories. What do you? What's your opinion on people that count mouth toll as completely negligible? Like people say, "Oh, I don't care. I'm still deducting it entirely." I think there's like uh, there's research on like the average that you should be taking out. So, but I know that some people's bodies can handle it, and I know that I can't because those kind of things would trigger like a binge because it, it, it will increase like glucose whatever uh, and I know that a lot of people they can't handle it and there's a lot more accessible stuff so if you're getting into reducing your sugar better for your teeth whatever but you might not be able to like stay keto if you have issues with food yeah because I think as you say there's so many more products available within because it's cheaper like probably 90% of the protein bars on the shelves are sweetened with it. And like the jelly sweets as well, the gummy worms, the gummy bears, I used to have a lot. And I sort of told myself, no, I'm going to deduct all of it because I've decided I want to. Just because I want to, it doesn't change the science of it. And my gut certainly couldn't handle it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Definitely not. And it did really increase cravings because I would go through a whole bag of jelly sweets. And just because they're slightly lower in sugar, that's not a good thing my relationship with food but also a lot of the packaging is actually really misleading because um i know i got into a bit of like a, a spat with um that they are using the syrup but are counting it as the powder of maltitol which has a lower glycemic index whereas in fact it's actually a 59 on the scale if you use the syrup oh, rather yeah. than the 30 so yeah the packaging is definitely misleading and if, if you're not into you know the science of keto much which majority of the i say our main instagram community are we you know everyone sort of knows their stuff but if you're quite new and you see this packaging claiming two net carbs three net carbs you're going to buy it for convenience yeah. without knowing what you're actually putting in your body i mean you can either deduct the whole of the mouth's toll or only half i advise half if i say if someone's going to have it deduct half don't deduct the whole lot i mean it's gonna have it's gonna have an effect regardless i mean even if you used to have like half of a grenade bar it probably will affect you in some way you might as well just eat the whole thing i mean i couldn't eat half grenade bar it's like at work when someone has like half a donut and it's just like what's wrong with it i I don't think the grenade bars are good though (laughs) like only one of them i like the birthday cake one birthday cake i like the jaffa quake but that's about it is it actually you called Jaffa Quake, or did you just say that? No, it's called Jaffa Quake. Yeah, it's called cake Yeah, yeah. It. It's like the Oppo. <laughs> Actually, I thought you said cake wrong. <laughs> no. I'm not oh, yeah, when you told me that, I was like, Lauren, are you sure it's called that? Like, yeah, it actually is. It's like whenever I talk about the raspberry oppo, like I'll say raspberry nipple, and people think it's a typo, and I'm like, and it's not near R on the keyboard, it's actually yeah. called raspberry nipple. The asterisk ripple. No, no, nipple. <laughs> So your favourite breakfast is out of the way. What about for lunch? In the office and at home. I don't know if they yeah, differ. Yeah, well, what's like the easiest meal prep yeah. lunch that you can think of that's like... 
I'd say for when I was going to the office, it would be leftovers. I'd try to sort of make in advance like a meat sauce, like a bolognese, just meat and veg, or again, leftover curries. Or if it's in the summer, I'd take in a ready-made salad. And at my old work, because they were so used to what I did, I would cook fish and eggs and anything I liked in that kitchen, the microwave. And I could just fully food prep at work. But I've not been in my office now since March, but so I was literally only there for five weeks. But when I was there, I was taking in, I think it was more picky bits at the time. Like I do like a picnic style lunchbox. I have like my baby belt, pepperamis, meat slices. So this time of year, lunches are going to have to be soups, like anything made of squash, pumpkins, and all my spaghetti squash I'm eating at the moment. I'm so jealous. So jealous of you growing your own. (laughs) My squash. I'll send you a squash (laughs) cinnamon cake. (laughs) Do a trade. They're they're really great. Because they feel like a really comforting, warming, like a hearty food. So they're really quite dense. Um, so I'm loving having those for lunches and dinners at the moment. And also there's so many recipes with them in that we just can't access because we haven't yeah. got them. <laughs> I made my dad, I gave him these seeds, like, please, dad, this pack of seeds costs like a pound, whereas you pay like, you can pay five for one yeah. squash from, um, from a cardo or Waitrose or whatever. But I can see why they're expensive because they've taken over like an entire vegetable patch. They're like really greedy plants. Um, got more behind me now see oh look at it (laughs) it's amazing look how autumnal it looks (laughs) (laughs) but I love them and they're so filling Um, and so something like that for lunch before keto I wouldn't even have thought of as a lunch lunch used to be sandwich crisps chocolate bar and a sugary coffee but now it'll be a salad in the summer soup in the autumn or leftovers if I've got them so uh, it's such a great way to do it. And I know that we've been doing kind of bigger batches of stuff. Um, and the air fryer has been a massive, massive um, game changer in like the world of vegetarian and vegan. Because um, like you get that crisp that you wouldn't normally get. But obviously making like bigger batches is just so much easier to then kind of put it in the freezer, put it in the fridge, just literally grab and go. Yeah, I think batch cooking is a really important tool because then there's no excuse. Like if you've, you know, had a late day, it's not like, oh, God, I don't want to cook. It's like, well, there's something there. There's always something in your freezer. And it's not, not difficult to do. So you just make more of what you're cooking. And I think it can be really good for people that have had issues with food as well because then it's all like prepackaged. It's literally there in your set meals and you can just put it in the microwave. Yeah. And then you've got dinner. So it's like there's always a second option and if you're gonna go for the best option it is gonna be that option (laughs) I mean there's so many days where I come home and I can just eat the whole house but I'll always have something planned especially now so moving on to dinners what would be your favorite dinner that you could probably eat for the rest of your life oh my god so many good dinners so many good dinners with keto. Also good. Probably, probably going to go for pork belly. I knew and it. Gyros. What did I say? <laughs> yeah, say Lauren called it. Did you? I just love it. I think because it was such a forbidden food before, but pork belly because it's so fatty. It was so forbidden, and now I can have it. And I think it still surprises me sometimes. I know I can enjoy a food, and it's doing good things for me. 
so that's that's always great and brussels are just my favorite which again is something i never thought i'd say but oh my god you know, I love brussels. Brussels like me out so good. they make you fart but they are so good <laughs> so worth so it, worth so it. Worth it. <laughs> or it would have to be steak and spring greens otherwise i think oh spring greens full of butter and salt love them and love they're so them. cheap yeah yes had that tonight did salmon in the air fryer that was really nice with spring greens and butter i oh, still can't eat salmon really I, I crave it all oh, no, the time. Still... I love it, but as soon as I go past it, I'm like, I can't. Oh, I might take a while. Oh. That was a really good-looking salmon as well. Oh, God, it was Crossed so good. It the really whole good. side. But it nearly killed me. I can't eat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I lost weight because of it, though, but that's not the point. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, Lauren's not um, recommending. Yeah, air fryer salmon yeah. has been a new experience. So I only got my air fryer in August. Yeah, the, the air fryer is just so good, like for everything. So, oh, life changing. I was like, oh, it's going to be another kitchen gadget. I don't need something else on the side. What would your so go to dessert be? Because you, you sometimes have your, what is it, the strawberry jelly powder in with double cream, or you'll have your dark chocolate. Yeah. What would be your go to dessert? So, I'm not a massive dessert person. Your desserts are quite savoury, aren't do. they? is that a dessert what do you mean what respect like they're more, when you have a dessert well, it's, it's like a like ham or something ham or cheese <laughs> or, like, or like peanuts and so it's kind of like for me yeah peanuts that would yeah do, that i don't know is that a dessert i mean the only like dessert. Dessert it's, it's, it's like cheese board but cheese board yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's, that's dessert i'll say the jelly powder and cream it's really good. You have to have a, quite a lot of calories available mm, for definitely. it. Definitely. But just, um, yeah, double cream mixed with the jelly powder. It goes like a really thick, like a, a fruity yogurt. And it's really like a like yogurt with bits, like that really nice thick flavour. Or if I've got the calories as well, double cream in my mixer with a bit of skinny syrups. The banana one is especially good. It's like a, a thick, creamy banana mousse. Mm, and that with a bit of dark chocolate is lush. Oh god, uh, I really could or do banana milkshake. Or my milk decaf shake. caramel pecan mocha. Obviously, because Anna likes the caramel yeah, my, um, pecan now. Yeah, now you my like it. With you. Yeah, Anna posted. She was just like, it's one of the best skinny syrups, and I've never. I think I've seen it like once or twice. But my TK Maxx has become a little bit shit recently, but I think it's one I might have to get because people are raving about it. And you've gone for about five. Bottles. It is the best flavor. <laughs> There's only, I think. Oh my god yeah it, oh when they were shut i was proper having withdrawal symptoms it's just so good the only skin syrup i've not liked was that donut one because it tasted really artificial mm-hmm. oh like, well the, the glazed the glazed donut. Donut. like a bit like yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like cloudy as well Ugh. this is real dodge yeah the cloudy ones are a bit suspicious yeah we don't <laughs> we don't like that pecan's good there's a pumpkin bourbon i've had before that was really mm. nice I think I've still got that in the cupboard. Maple something? Yeah. Maple, pecan something? The, the creme brulee one is good. Any of the autumnal ones normally. Oh, yeah. I've got, like, the whole set of the pumpkin oh, spice ones one. ready. It's ready. so touch and go what you can buy. The thing I, the oh, thing yeah, I don't then. like about them is that they, they come in such big bottles. Like, my caramel fudge waffle kind takes me so long to, like use the whole bottle but i want to try all the flavors but i'm not going to get through them all unless i literally have them <laughs> three times a day i went down there the other day and there were just so many that just looked like they would taste so nice but i just thought to myself 
when am I ever going to use them? Because I don't like using them in coffee because I like to taste my coffee. So I don't really like having a syrup unless it's like a latte, which is quite milky. So I thought to myself, like, when am I actually mm. ever going to have it? I don't have shakes or anything. So it's only really when I have my hot chocolate is when I have my syrups. But then you go through them, like, there's no below tomorrow. And I'm just like, I wish I could go through bottles like this because I, I want to try them all, but I don't I can't. And James does as well. This is James's standard mug. Look at the size of it. It's a massive, It's like one of those Sports mug. Direct mugs. So he'll have, like... <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly like that. I really, it's a really ugly mug, I don't even like it. I've got my nice Emma Bridgewater mug, and he's got this massive Jägermeister. <laughs> I really ugly. Ruins <laughs> my selection. Um, but he goes through them as much as I do, and then, yeah, like sometimes as a dessert, we'll have the caramel pecan syrup with a spoon of the Galaxy Light hot chocolate. Oh, yeah. And then squirty cream on top. So it's like a my decaf. Always squirty, really squirty cream. That comes in quite low calorie and low mm, Yeah. Got to be done. And a bit of callow fit on top. It's all Always. Always. And that tastes like a proper treat. It tastes so indulgent. It does, yeah. Like I said, when yeah. I have my fatty hot chocolates, I'll Nom. just shove a load of cream on top, put a syrup on it, and it just <laughs> does the job. I don't feel like I need to eat anything. I know I'm kind of against drinking your calories. No, so filling and yeah. Like, but I'd rather drink that of an evening than have food sitting on my stomach where I'm not really going to digest it for like another hour and then going to bed heavy bellied. I'd rather have like a hundred, 200 calorie hot fatty chocolate than having starting my day with like a two, 300 calorie coffee. That's yeah. got nothing. Yeah. You're finishing yeah. off your day rather than starting it. Yeah. I think that's a big exactly. Difference. Yeah. And this is what, like, going back to some of the things that are marketed towards people at keto is that you might have them at the end of the day and you don't realise the effect that they're going to have on you until the next day where you realise that your cravings are really high. And it's because something's obviously not agreed with you, like sweetener-wise or fibre syrup-wise or whatever. And like, I do try to stay away from those, like oligofructose especially, um, and IMOs, apart from smart sweets, because like the peach rings are <laughs> something else. And also because I bought all those from America, so I, I will have to eat them. Um, I'm so desperate to try those peach things. Yeah, they, oh. they, they've changed the recipe, so though. To try them. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, massive oh, uproar. No. But so, so I'm not having not them as good or well, no, I haven't tried the new batch, but I know that the carbs aren't as good. But then oh. they did have IMO in them anyway, so they probably weren't the right carb count to start with. Um, so I try and like limit that, but you always know, you know, the next day whether you're whether you like ate well the day yeah. before. Yeah, you can feel it when you wake up with how hungry you are. But then everyone's different. I mean, maltitol could have the worst effect on someone. I know that when I used to eat it, it used to fall straight out of me. But now I can <laughs> I can just eat it like it's nothing. Like I could probably eat a whole bag of gummy sweets or like Werther's Originals and it wouldn't have any effect. It'd probably blow me out a little bit because it doesn't agree with the gut. But I'd rather have something that's... You're eating it educated, like you know... You know that if that says, oh, it's, you know, 20 deductible, 20 deductible polyols on it, then you know that's not mm. true, but you're eating it educated. You're not, like, convincing yourself, actually, no, this is no carbs, so it's fine. Yeah. As long as you're eating exactly. educated, yeah, exactly. that's, yeah. that's a big difference. You're not lying to yourself. But the thing with Indian is that 
it's actually got like benefits outside of just being low carb like with sleep and stuff so you kind of have to balance that like you know and and also it's not really for people that are having a lot of fiber in their day yeah (laughs) i think you just have to be aware of what you're putting in and if something changes then you should be looking back at the last couple of days and seeing where was that change but that's also about when um, we were talking about weighing daily as opposed to weighing weekly. The foods that you eat can also have such an effect on how you feel. I mean, if I were to eat something that makes me feel bloated in the morning, I know damn right that I'm not going to weigh because I've got a little bit of air there, which has obviously been caused by something I've eaten the next day. But then if I do weigh and I'm up a couple of pounds, then I know it's because of what I've just eaten. So then I kind of know not to eat that because it hasn't reacted with me. It hasn't digested well. I do take my digestive max when I know that something isn't going to agree with me or it's not going to digest well, especially if I have a bad carb. But, um, yeah, it's just about just eating what's going to agree with you and what's not going to agree with you and how you're going to feel the next day. And I think especially moving from, like, a much lower fibre diet, which the Mm. standard kind of diet is, into a much higher fibre diet, like, there's always going to be kind of issues in the first like couple of weeks you know just where your gut biome adjusts to no like no starches no sugars and it now has to feed off of the fiber that you're giving it yeah and so obviously it's going to bloat because it's it's had to change its whole system yeah but it's like we were saying the other week lauren even saying sorry go on I was saying, um, like you were saying about um, Brussels bloating you. Oh, and cabbage. Say Brussels, cabbage, yeah, massively. Um, onions do it for me. Mm. Cauliflower to some extent. Mm. You can either choose to avoid it or have it and know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, you know, I couldn't cut out onions. I wouldn't want to, but they do make me a bit bloated. But then again, that's why I have my digester max. If I'm going to have something that I know is going to bloat me out, then I One will just have... It doesn't mean it's going to be the Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think we've gone through almost 20 questions. I wanted to get 20, but... 19, didn't you? Well, there was kind of questions within questions, wasn't there? So if we end it with, if there's one piece of advice you could give to beginners, what would it be? Someone who is literally just starting out, what advice would you give them? I think that was question six. <laughs> we kind of covered some of it in the, when you said, what, what did you know at the beginning? Calories over carbs. Did I say about that? Oh, yeah. About that, didn't I? Yeah, I think that's what I said. Mm-hmm. Ah, there we go. Yeah, so my main advice at the beginning would be to trust the process and don't overcomplicate it. Because um, in the beginning, it can be really tempting to buy all the low-carb replacements, shakes and breads, etc. Or try out really fancy, overcomplicated recipes that end up putting you off. Um, but just keeping it simple with a fatty protein and a bulky veg um, always works. Or even a lean protein, bulky veg and then some fat on the side, just butter or mayo, just keeps the cravings down. And then when you're fat adapted, you can look at bringing in the replacements later on. And also to remember that ketosis is triggered by the absence of carbs and not the presence of fat. Yes, you do need a certain amount of fat to keep you full, 
but you do not need to needlessly eat fat at the end of the day if you're already feeling full. And that took me, I think, far too long at the beginning to realise that I'd be completely full and I'd be eating just to get to my fat number. When You don't need to do it. You really don't. As long as you're within your calories, within your carbs, you hit your protein as a minimum, over if you can, you'll get to your goal. Yeah, no, I think that is quite solid advice in a way. Um, and I think a lot of people that are either halfway through their journeys or at the end of their journeys, they would probably agree on that. I think that is kind of is something that we all kind of needed to know at the beginning. But it's a learning curve. Obviously, we learn as you go on. And we're here for all the beginners now, so... <laughs> no exactly it's true we are you know anyone i mean i wouldn't think to go to a podcast if i wanted to start keto the first thing we do is go on to Mm -hmm. diet doctor i'm sure everyone went to diet doctor when they started keto (laughs) so it's good to kind of because that's not really speaking from loads of people's like experience or perspective it's just one and it's very science-based and it can be, and I said this last week, is that the information online can be so overwhelming. So, you know, to be honest, like whoever's listening, like I'm sure that any of us, including the other girls, will be happy to answer DMs from our experience if that would help you and maybe in an easier format than what would be online but you're trying to like google all the time and obviously lauren here is a coach so um if you'd like to find out more about that i will leave the link in the description but um yeah and hopefully it will make keto easier for people because obviously we do just see this you know, it's a it's not a one size fits all, but as soon as you do go onto Google you just get the same stuff thrown in your face. So to hear it from other people's perspectives and experiences and journeys, it will kind of give people that little bit of hope that keto may actually work for them. Ash, for example, did keto a couple of years ago and wasn't really successful with it and then he looked into it more and, you know, he was following random people and thinking, Oh actually I I can do this now and I didn't know this before. So it's good to kind of give people that hope that they can, you know, even if they have tried every single slimming club, then this may actually work for them because it's worked for us and we basically don't stop raving about it. But we don't... And we've all come from such different experiences as exactly, well. yeah, and all our journeys you know, are different. different. We've all got different journeys. Yeah. And it just shows it can work for so many people. And anyone that's not tried it before and is considering it, you've, you've got nothing to lose by trying it exactly make nothing to lose so but wait ah i like that <laughs> <laughs> right um so lauren uh how can they find out about your coaching um i've got a link in my bio on instagram um and there's a link to my website which is up and running now that got launched um last week that's up now um so yeah get in touch just got all my contact information on there and that's it from us today uh thank you for listening to the episode if you got this far and obviously as i said at the beginning please review us and please subscribe it really helps us i hope that you enjoyed